Hi everyone, I'm Rosanna and this is AFL Obsessed. It's been a long time, guys. How are you? <laughs> Tell me all of your stories, please. I want to know about your holidays and the start of 2022. Honestly, what have you been up to? I mean, send me your Wordle scores. I'm into all of it. We really do have so much to talk about and catch up on. Okay, so a little rewind. Andrew and I spent Christmas in the mountains in Colorado. I love a snowy Christmas. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but when I was really little, I thought everyone had snow. You know, we sing all these carols about dashing through the snow and how we're dreaming of white Christmases. And that scene was exactly how I grew up, like my childhood, before you learn about hemispheres and stuff. So I just assumed that everyone had the same collective experience as me <laughs> with snowy Christmas movie winters, I guess is the best way to put it. I obviously never envisioned Santa at the beach or really playing AFL games in the winter, but I just want to say I'm back for the season. I unplugged for the holidays and work has been a bit on the crazier side, so I've been away, but I'm officially back and counting down till the AFL season along with you all. And I just got my AFL record season guide 2022 <laughs> AFL record a couple of days ago. I'm looking at it now. I was screaming that it came entirely encased in bubble wrap. Yes, it is invaluable. <laughs> it actually sold out. So I had to wait for a restock on the AFL website. I know quite a few of you sent me photos that you already got yours, but I'm just so happy. I have it before the start of the AFL season and props to you guys at the league for making sure that it got here so quickly. And anyway, I hope you've all been watching the AFLW season so far, and of course, getting your super coach team together. I'm just thinking about it this week. I have yet to build anything. I know I might be late to the game, but I'm getting there all the same. And I'm actually just currently writing out my ladder predictions too. <laughs> oh, and I finally got my Essendon membership kit. Yes, it is our 150th year, so I may have worn my scarf just to watch the intra-club match and also during the practice match against the Bulldogs. So you can side-eye me all you want, but I'm ready. But let's get to it and dive into the opening overture of my overall thoughts and where we're at now in NYC and abroad. Okay, life catch-ups. 2022 has been pretty fast-paced. I mean, we've watched a lot of sports. February felt like an entire year of events on this end. Honestly, the Olympics and the Super Bowl feels like it happened four months ago. Considering what has happened since in Ukraine... All eyes at this point are on the situation of the invasion and war there. So many thoughts. I'm sending strength to President Volodymyr Zelensky and all of the citizens. It's really hard to think about anything else. It's just a horrible situation for everyone. And I'm just sending you all the vibes, honestly. On a separate note, we went axe throwing with our friends. I know something different. I always wanted to try it. 
if you've never been, you're in a cage, kind of like a batting one, and there's a coach that trains you and gives you tips. So you're not just trying to blindly figure it out. And then you kind of just team up with your group and play mini games. It's really fun, honestly. I thought it would take me the entire hour to just get the axe anywhere near the target, which is almost like half of a wall. <laughs> but after a couple of throws, I mean, you get the hang of it. Okay, Andrew pretty much with his initial throw, but I honestly thought it was really fun and I actually got three bullseyes during the session. So I just definitely recommend it if you're looking for a fun activity or something to kind of take your mind off things. And we finally saw Hamilton for an early Valentine's celebration. If you all remember, we planned to go in March 2020. So it was really emotional again when it first started, just like when we saw that play last year. I guess just this raw feeling of appreciation that musical theater and live events are back and you can just soak it all up. And we also celebrated our anniversary. So February, for the most part, was a pretty celebratory month for us. As for Australia, your borders are finally open. I almost started singing just now because... I may finally be welcomed back into your country. Fingers crossed. Victoria and Melbourne, I'm looking at you. I'll literally do anything to get back in. Whatever the rules are, I'll follow. There's so many things I miss, especially the food and footy. We've obviously been following along here with all the recent developments and news. We've been following what's been happening throughout all of your lockdowns there, especially in Victoria. So I just really hope you're all getting to see your family and friends. It's been a long couple of years. And Melbourne's announcement too, that Victorian stadiums will be at capacity 100% for the season. So that's really exciting. Hopefully I'll be one of those people at one of those games in one of those seats. But tell me what you're excited about for the season, guys. And if you have your super coach team together yet, AFL footy obsessed at Gmail and AFL obsessed on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook if you want to share or connect. But now let's get to footy and on to act one with AFL headlines and some recent highlights. But just a vibe check now, I guess, that you can all return to footy and because there will be full capacity for stadiums in Victoria, I'm curious if you think that the crowds will be full. And I guess Victorians directly, has the pandemic changed how you view the game? Literally, not figuratively, I guess. I mean, fingers crossed anyways that we'll get an uninterrupted season. Who knows about the borders or any other variants? There could be a number of other unforeseen disruptors. But just like everyone, I'm hoping for the best. And first, I do want to just talk about the AFLW. If you look at their season so far, there's just been so much that has happened. No guarantees. Obviously, there have been regular fixture changes due to health and safety protocols, border restrictions, all that. And the extraordinary sacrifices the players have had to go through just to keep the season alive it's almost as if the individual players are really just carrying the season on their backs with all of the challenges, but also just what the players go through once the season is up. So I didn't realize that AFLW players, you know, are there for around the four months at the club, but once they're off, they may have some direct contact with the club, but no direct help or even access to the club facilities. Ooh, I can't talk today 
or their club physios. So that was something I wasn't aware of. I mean, year-round access is vital and just so important, especially when they are literally breaking their bones and bodies. Okay, <laughs> I've said it before, pay them as pros, period. And look, I know that money has to come from somewhere, so that's the real question, but maybe limit the team's soft cap. I don't really know what the answer is. You know, granted, this is coming from an American, so this is all from my perspective, and we have our own issues we're dealing with in regards to women's sports here. No country does it perfectly. But there is also a discussion about whether or not they should redraft the entire AFLW league and that was a call out by Collingwood coach Wayne to address the competitive imbalance among the teams, because next year we're adding more teams. So what do you all think? I mean, you don't want there just to be around six good teams in the comp. So I am curious what you think. But overall, for me, we're one step closer to Essendon getting a team. And I can't not be excited about that. <laughs> okay, now for the AFL. So just a couple of things here. One, Gil has made quite a few announcements about the intention that the season will go ahead as planned. The contingencies are in place, but they are looking to avoid the return of the hubs. It was very costly. And we are kind of coping in year three now with a pandemic just in the background of everything. And also the AFL will consider playing men's and women's doubleheaders in coming seasons. So they're just kind of searching for the right calendar space for the AFLW. That's an interesting discussion, I think, and the prospect of that is on the agenda. And the Victorian government has invested $225 million to revamp Marvel Stadium over the coming years with two suspended big screens being one of the first installations. And fans are going to see that in round one. So hopefully I'll get to see that for myself. But I will say that <laughs> Gil said, and I quote, they're the sexiest things you can imagine. So take, <laughs> take with that what you will. I don't know if my microphone's agreeing <laughs> with that statement. Okay, now two, for the AFL rules. I mean, we talk about this every year, but I am happy to say that at this point, there's no material rule changes introduced for the comp that will be affecting the greater game. But there will be harsher penalties with holding the ball. I'm really happy to hear that. And also with umpire abuse. Following some incidences I thought was interesting of just strict policing in the practice matches. As for harsher holding the ball, I mean, I've been begging for them to bring this back. If there was just one rule I felt they could enforce, it's always this. I think the last couple of years, they've kind of let it go and they really haven't been paying holding in the last few seasons. So I'm really excited about that. And number three, Eddie McGuire and an AFL team came over for the Super Bowl on a research mission, and they had some thoughts afterwards about how the G should be redeveloped, considering that, you know, Brisbane's getting an Olympic stadium, and Sydney's getting a new stadium as well, and the Southern Stand is getting quite dated, so maybe to align it more with Optus, there is a debate about whether the G should have a roof, or at least a sliding one. I honestly want to know what you guys think of all of these things, but especially this. I mean, having a roof on the stadium doesn't really change too much. 
you know, in the AFL, teams can play in the wet. It's not like other sports where it has to be dry or the product would be completely inferior and it would take something away from the game. Uh, Obviously, it's even more expensive than an NFL stadium to cover because of the sheer size. So it's still my favorite place in the world. I know the G, so I'm going to love it either way. But tell me what you guys think. And also... The Tasmanian Premier is announcing a proposed plan for a 750 mil stadium in Hobart. I think they will house 27,000 seats with like concert capacity, potentially being able to be opened up to 30,000. This is something that's still in the works at the time of this recording. I think they're going to be making a statement shortly, but this will only proceed if they get an AFL license later this year. So again, tell me what you guys think about all of that. I'd love to know your thoughts. Okay, so it's intermission. So quickly during this time, let's just cut away to other sports. I think the biggest news here is just baseball. They're currently at an impasse still in a lockout. They're kind of in their 11th hour to determine whether or not opening day is going to be delayed and maybe opening month. So there's a collective bargaining agreement between the league owners and the players, and there's a lot of issues there that I won't get into, but they are, well, they've been in a lockout for over two months now. So, okay, sidebar to my favorite thing about baseball, because I just happened to think about it. When a player has hit legendary status, like with a team, or they become a cult figure for a particular team, the team will sign the player and draft them back to where they started to give them this hometown glory moment. And I know it's very sentimental. Obviously, that's why I love it. So they'll give them a one-day contract so they can go to formally, (laughs) excuse me, retire at the team that they achieved their glory with. So they get to come full circle. There's something so moving and emotionally wonderful about that. And I don't really see that in other sports. So I'm just picturing like Hawthorne signing Haji maybe for a one-day contract. It's not quite like Eddie Betts going back to Carlton, if you know what I mean. And as for basketball, you know, I got to just have a little snippet about the Nets here. Okay, so let me just catch my breath. The Nets traded away Harden for Ben Simmons. No, you did not hear that wrong. Ben Simmons, okay, fine, and a bunch of other players and draft picks were involved. Still, that is not a fair trade to me. Granted, Harden didn't want to stay. I get it. But Ben Simmons, I mean, okay, We've talked about this, maybe ad nauseum for some of you listeners. I'm sorry about that. But he can't shoot. It's like having a footy player who can't kick on your team. So that's about how excited I am with that. But, you know, I love Patty Mills, so I'll say that every episode. We're just going to have to move on before I have a cardiac event mid-episode. Well, now we're on to act two, where we have discussions about relevant footy topics and issues. So I kind of wanted to do something matinee style and give more of like a high level bird's eye view in terms of perspective. I'm not really getting all that granular, just having my takes on the teams and what's going on and where they stand from, of course, what little I've seen in the off season. I'm still going through all the practice games. So I know it's going to start ramping up really quickly from here. And obviously, like Jared Waitley, I don't trust intra-club form reads on how the teams are doing. 
we don't really have a real preseason this year. I know it's been really abbreviated and we haven't really even seen teams playing each other until late February. So it's totally been different this time around. (laughs) So obviously these are just my thoughts. I am going to go alphabetically down the list so I don't miss any teams. So, okay, let me think. So let's start with Adelaide. Okay, so the media outlets and two football reporters actually had to issue apologies and retractions for articles and broadcasts about that Crows controversial 2018 training camp. We did talk about that quite a bit, especially with Collective Mind and the impact that the camp had on the team and the players and really the whole fallout in the aftermath. So that was an interesting apology that had to be made to Collective Mind. I don't know if you guys caught all that. I know Kane Corns thinks that they're going to get the wooden spoon again. I'm not quite there, but I will say this. So Matthew Nix, the coach signed an extension last year through to 2024. You know, not the greatest results at the time of his signing. I know at the time of his two-year tenure, I want to say... He only had like around 10 wins across both seasons. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe that was a little premature. I mean, who were they really competing with for a signature? I guess I'm going to stamp it with just Matthew Nix needs to deliver. Okay, next is Brisbane. I noticed that Danaher extended his deal and that Lockie Neal, the Brownlow medalist, is being moved out of the midfield, it seems. I think he'll become a forward. I've seen a lot of footage of Chris Fagan training and working out alongside the team and how crazy fit he is. And, you know, he's going to need it because he's under a different kind of pressure this season, too. Carlton is third. So Doherty is edging towards a round one comeback. That is amazing. I really hope that he'll be back to form then. He had to undergo chemo for a second time when his cancer came back at the end of last season, and that was really heartbreaking. Walsh got injured, and I know that speaks directly to something Voss has been saying, their coach, about how they've relied too much on individuals previously, and their focus is now as a group and collective achievement. I do think there's an unusual amount of pressure on Voss. So normally a coach signs on when a team has been performing horribly, you know, and then they have to come in and just try to pick up the pieces. So they really get some slack, I would say, or some room to breathe. But I think for him, they expect him to make finals and to deliver immediately. So I think he just really has different standards going into the season. Okay, Collingwood is next. So Dugowie has been cleared to do training with the team. His charges here in New York got downgraded. So that's interesting. Pendles, it's his last year maybe. He's kind of dropped hints about that. This may be his last year. He is still captain. And Daycos has been doing great things. I think the hype is real. And I guess the prescription sunglasses was something else um, that I noticed that Mason Cox has to wear. I've never seen that before, so let me know if I'm wrong, but I haven't seen that in Aussie footy, at least to date. And with their new coach, McRae, I'm just curious to see the direction of where he's going to take them. Okay, now Essendon. No, I'm not smiling when I say that. Fresh from their practice game with the Bulldogs. We got to see some early signs of growth and continued development, and I have to say I'm really happy with that. I'm sad that Stringer is injured and Walla is injured and out. You know, he was on target to be a small forward All-Australian, but he is back at the club, so I'm hugging him and wishing him the best, and I don't want that to be the last that we see of him. 
but there's feelings of positivity around Bomberland. Who knows? It's easy to feel that way before we play anyone, right? I guess that lasts until the first bounce of round one, maybe, but Hobbs looks great. We were kind of deciding on those last spots, and I really just kept hoping that they would sign Tex Wingenine. He was really like a romantic club choice, but I'm really, really happy about this. I loved the video where he spoke with his dad after the signing. And yeah, it was just immediately following the game. We filled our last two spots with the two that just made the most of their opportunities. As I said, I'm still kind of working my way through the games. Sidebar with signing the romantic club choice, though, I will say that we are thankfully moving away from those. And this is a deep cut reference from previous Epi's if you are familiar with the senior list, but so long, farewell. <laughs> That's how I feel about the father-son rule most of the time. Not applicable in this case. And Alex Rantz sadly departed the coaching staff. I think he was given much more of a part-time role. But yeah, as far as the practice match goes, I think both teams got what they wanted out of it. Okay, Frio. <laughs> I'm starting to rethink going down this long, long list of just these team names. Okay, so Fife previously had a really bad injury and he lost a bunch of weight. And I feel like he's put it all back now. I am curious about how they will fare losing chair and the impact that will have on their team. I think there is pressure on Longmuir to start delivering. And, you know, maybe they'll make a play for Tim English when he's out of contract and potentially wants to go back to WA. Okay, Geelong. Some recent news. Danger rescued an 11-year-old girl who was surfing. So that's amazing. And look, I don't want to crap on Geelong. You know my thoughts on their list and how it's run. But it is the same list. They haven't tried to rebuild. They're going again. And, you know, they're going to hold it all together. So it'll be interesting to see if that strategy plays out. They are doubling down again. And maybe it's Selwood's last year. Okay, Gold Coast. So their membership is down and looks a little bleak. I know it is the start of the season. And Ben King with his ACL, he's out for the year, you know, in the preseason. That's just about the worst thing that could happen to the team. It's a major blow for him and the Suns. But I really think this is the year of stew-do, you know? I guess it's D-Day. Well, it's all or nothing, really, so maybe do-day. There's just always the fact that Clarko may be looming. They haven't really shown a lot. I would say they're trending towards improvement, and they've got a record of trending towards improvement. Unfortunately, they've been sidelined with injuries, but you could probably say that about them at any time in the last decade or at any point. So, you know, I think that's the coach that's definitely most under the pump. Okay, GWS is next. So they're going with three captains for the season. What do you guys think about all that? <laughs> Toby Green and Josh Kelly are joining Canelio as captains. Oh, Canelio, he's a good player and person, I'm sure. But is he someone who maybe belongs in that group? I feel like he's tried the captaincy thing and it's maybe not his natural fit. He wasn't always supported either in the role as we saw in making their mark. So I just want to point that out. But the things they have to try to do to save player ego. Okay, let's look on the bright side. Toby Green, good move for the club. Unofficial or not, he was always a leader. Timing is so important, though. And, you know, you have to be comfortable being the leader and setting the example. So I feel like just cut him to vice captain or 
put him in the leadership group and reset. <laughs> Their membership is actually really an impressive effort compared to Sydney, especially compared to the Suns. For now, numbers, obviously. Okay, let's move on to Hawthorne. There's some pressure on Sam Mitchell, you know, with the board and senior management signing off on that move. They own it now, so it's going to reflect on them, you know, if you've ever been handcuffed to the choice. He'll get time, yes. So I'm interested in that whole balance. And, you know, it is time to start improving. I think they'll see some gems lift. TBD on that one. Okay, now the premieres, Melvin. There's been some stories about Simon Goodwin and whether or not he was on the way out of the role before they won. It's going to be hard to back that up, I feel. But I am curious about what happened there. And a win supersedes everything. You're the premieres. There's a tiny bit of the Bulldogs 2016 feel to me and maybe what happened with them. You know, it was this huge deal more than most because they broke through such a big drought. So there was this explosion of euphoria. And I just wonder if they will be able to properly go again mentally with the same veracity. I mean, as starters, they're the team to beat. So you can come for me if you want. Clearly, they were the best team in the end. And I know they want to get it in front of their fans. So I just can't wait to see what will happen. Okay, <laughs> North Melbourne is next. Jason Horan Francis, the great number one. He currently has almost like a Sam Walsh level type of hype. So let's go. There's an expectation from footy peeps. They're the club that will climb. I think the team and club like Coach Noble generally, you know, there's a sense of young talent, particularly in the mids. I think there's a ton of optimism. I think it's going to be a great season for North, although they didn't have the greatest practice game. But anyways, <laughs> poor Adelaide. <laughs> I feel like this isn't really like a bird's eye view. It just keeps getting longer and longer. Okay. Poor Adelaide. They're loading up again to go for a premiership. This club really learns, I feel, from their previous experiences and mistakes, and I think Hinkley is definitely under pressure now, too, to make it to a grand final. But they always bring it, so I'm sure that it'll just be the same this time around. And Richmond, can they bounce back? And maybe a last chance for the current group getting up there in age, they kind of have to climb back up. There's been stories about Dusty and his injury, but he's had a good preseason. And I think the captaincy was a bit of a surprise with the co-captains Nankervis and Grimes. I think they ditched the whole traditional leadership group concept last year. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Okay, this is a long list, you guys. <laughs> Sakilda. I'm not sure what to make of them. I think Nick Caulfield did his ACL, so he's out for the year. It's really disappointing and Jack Steele is a captain. I think it's just an uphill climb for them. It's all an uphill climb, but they may surprise us all. So kind of a waiting game to see with them. Sydney, <laughs> I'm getting towards the bottom of this list. Okay, I think there's a general feeling of optimism that they exploded up the ladder last season and the young kids are now more experienced. I think they're gonna continue that same trajectory where they could potentially become a threat for the flag. You know, I'm wondering if there will be a second year blues for some of the players who just had great first year output. And of course I'm looking for Buddy to get to a thousand goals. Okay, <laughs> Western Bulldogs. Really every time I picture them or think of them, it's ready, set, go, fire. They're a threat for sure. They picked up two of the best kids in the last two years out of pure luck. That rule has now been changed. 
But Hagen, all eyes, I think, are kind of, at least from this vantage point, on him. I didn't really see much in that practice match, but again, it was a practice match. And I guess when we're going to see Darcy, he's a tall. Where does he fit in? I think he's injured now. And again, those Tim English rumblings, whether or not he's going to go back to WA at the end of the season. So I think Bezlenka took some time away. So I'm wishing him the best. He is a marquee player for them. And this has nothing to do with anything, but I'm just curious about what song they're going to claim after every game win. I don't know if you remember their locker room song and dance numbers that I'm not talking about the theme song. <laughs> you can just tune that out if you don't remember. Okay, West Coast Eagles. The border will be open for the AFL season. I think there's just a bit of negativity about their aging list. They have a ton of injuries. I mean, Darling, Oscar Allen is sidelined. They're kind of older. They don't really have a rebuild strategy right now. I think the expectation is that they'll be towards the bottom. But I don't want to be pessimistic, so we'll wait and see. Also, there was an adorable pic of Liam Ryan's toddler sons posted by 7AFL on Twitter recently. And afterwards, I was just deeply disappointed that there was racial abuse against his family, their babies, and children. So just a massive stop sign. You know, not online, not in the streets, not at home, not in the stands. There's no place in the game for that or anywhere, in fact. Okay, <laughs> I got through that list. Let me know your thoughts on your team, everyone else's team, what you think the ladder is for you, and, you know, if you agree with me on anything that I went through. So now it's the after show where I just have to give a personal cast and crew thank you to Ed Day for his five coffees. You can also donate to my Buy Me a Coffee if you want to give me an extra pep in my step while I crank out that content for you. And another thing that made me so happy recently, we've talked about Ernie Johnson and his love for Essendon previously and how the team was inspired by a talk he gave over here in America. So there was quite a bit of back and forth there. I think I talked about it in the going off script episode back in August. But anyways, Ernie posted a pic of he and the Inside the NBA host just holding up Essendon Guernseys. I don't know. I can't help but smile and think of Shaq and Charles Barkley and just EJ and Kenny. That picture just makes me smile. I don't know if you guys saw it, but obviously I love you too for that photo. And the last thought before I leave you guys for next time, I'm just curious if you think it's an eternally debated topic, if you think that surnames should be on the back of AFL Guernseys. I know we saw it in cricket. I did watch the ashes. So I'm just curious if you guys think that that should be on there or if you're cool with the numbers by themselves. But thank you so much, guys, for sharing a part of your day with me and caring about what I have to say about footy. You've been keeping me company. So hopefully I'm doing that for part of your day. I know I talked for quite a bit today. <laughs> But that's it for me. Thanks again for listening, rating, and subscribing, everyone. And let me know what you think. But thanks for hanging around for the show. Stay safe and healthy. Check on your friends and neighbors. We'll get through this like we have with footy. I'm virtually hugging you, and we'll talk footy soon.